Hey, welcome back to the podcast, guys. It's Hope Mum and Dad podcast with me, Fuzz, and Becky. Um, it's been a little bit of a gap between the last couple of episodes we've done, and we'll go into that in a minute. But basically, we're back. We've got lots of news to share with you, um, and we're gonna basically pick up where we left off and talk about uh, our latest sort of IVF appointments and what's been going on. So this is episode 35, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, episode 35. So we're catching up. Last time in the last episode, if you're watching or listening um, in sequence, um, Fuzz was waiting for a urology scan with the urologist. So it was a bit different with us. Well, I, with did they do that with all male fertility stuff? It was like... No, I don't think so. It was very unique, I think. Yeah. Um, I can't even... like So up to this point, we went for investigations. Mm-hmm. This is where you talk. <laughs> we went for investigations yeah. and you had, um, they wanted to find out a bit more about the male factor and why there was an issue. But so. it, wasn't it a bit interesting because all up until this point we were kind of like, weren't really expecting it and then out of nowhere we slowed down loads and it became, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they wanted to do more scans and more DNA tests. Which was annoying I think because we, if they had thought about it, at the beginning if that was definitely something they wanted to do yeah it would have saved us like a load of time right yeah yeah it would have saved us lots of time if they just got on with it and did it all in one go because we'd already if you remember um had a big long wait for our dna results before because the different clinics weren't speaking to each other um the results were just sitting there and i asked what the results were and they said they couldn't tell me so this time fuzz had had his urology scan um at landock our local hospital and we got a letter through the post i think i was re-listening to the episode i'm confused now like the the chromosome dna testing that was when we went to the doctor and he and it was months and months and months and we phoned them up and they said, it's not ready, it's not ready. Yeah. And, and, then, then, and then... They did another DNA test on you as well. Yeah. But it took months, didn't it? Because mm-hmm. we phoned them and they said, it's not ready. Then they said, it is, but we can't tell you. And then they said, we can't even, we can't forward it on to another department because of yeah. some privacy things. It was really frustrating anyway. So that was um, a pain. Um, but... Um, so following the scan, we got a letter to say that um, Fuzz's results were all fine, all clear. They hadn't really found anything. They checked me for Y chromosome damage or X chromosome damage. Something like that. So the yeah. DNA, DNA results were clear and um, the scan was clear. I think there was a little varicule or whatever they're called. Um, so the next step was um, to just leave that as it is. There was no... Um, finite cause or reason why yeah. uh, why you have a low count so they were just like okay we can go ahead actually that, that's more frustrating than finding out like a reason it's a bit like unexplained infertility isn't it yeah, except it's, it's not unexplained because they say why we are struggling because they've said it's male factor but they don't know why why you've got an issue yeah. yeah they know you've got an issue but they can't say what the cause is which is a bit of a bummer, but I guess it could just be a genetic thing, even though they looked at your genes. Yeah, like Maybe. Uh, we don't really, yeah, we don't really know. So following that, um, the clinic got in touch and we had back, all the way back when in 20th of April, we had our treatment planning appointment. Mm. And I remember it quite clearly because you were a bit poorly and I think you'd been working late a lot and 
it was a, a morning appointment and you were like, oh, see if you can do it without me. And I couldn't. Well, and every it was time a video. I go, like, it's, that's the thing. Like, every time you go, it's like, there's literally no point in, I mean, they, they literally, half the time they make an appointment and you, you turn up and they go, thanks for coming to this appointment. Uh, at this appointment, we're going to tell you about your next appointment. Yeah. And then, bye. Yeah. And you're like, what was the point of me coming in? <laughs> But it um, turned out to be one that you had to be on. So I was on the video call and then you were like in bed. So I had to come and bring the laptop into the bedroom. Um, and like you quickly like put on a t-shirt and were like, yeah, I'm awake, I'm awake. Pretending that you were like copus mentis painting at all. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> painting like eye, open eyes on my like, closed eyes. Yeah, yeah. So it was really like, Why was, was like a groggy monster. Because it was a treatment planning appointment. So they were telling us like the procedures. I think I've got the what notes. What am I meant to do though? Well, I'm going to say, no, 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 no that's, that's not good enough. I ah, I've got the notes here. It was with the, with one of the sisters from the IVF clinic in Neath. Yeah. Um, sister Nikki and Molly and they basically went through all the protocol that we were going to go through with the IVF do you remember so no. um they they explained that our the appointment following this one would be about um getting the dr drugs from the hospital and having injection training and they just took us through the whole um cycle of like prepping the body with the medication and then what would happen at egg collection and how many days I would take this, that and the other for. So without um, going into the specifics of like the days and gaps and stuff like that, do you want to tell people a little bit more about what the plan was? Yeah, so uh, this see like a more detailed form of IVF where they inject the egg with the sperm. Um, so they have to prepare your body in order to collect the eggs out of... Um, from me. If you're at home and it's in the evening, you can be playing a drinking game. Every time one of us says, um, just <laughs> not that you will be drinking, you should probably do an IVF, but if you're not, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, you could just, um, yeah, play uh, a game. yeah, so just yeah. did it again. So I did on purpose, obviously. <laughs> so, no, I did it again. All right, um, <laughs> trying to get people drunk here. So the um. protocol is that they need to take control of my menstrual cycle. So like in most cases, they um, do that by medicating um, the women with something like nothiserone. Um, and you start, Hormones. Yeah, it's like a, a tablet hormone usually. Um, just a little pill that you take. And you start that on about day 21. And it says to take a pregnancy test. And then when you stop it, so you take it on day 21 of your... You take a pregnancy test before you start taking it because it can induce a miscarriage, which is quite triggering for lots of women who have been trying trying to conceive. So that is a pain. Yeah. And then on day 21, you start taking it. And the hormones. The hormones, the pills, and then you take it for uh, the length of time they tell you to yeah. take it for. I can't remember now, about yeah. a week. And then once you stop taking it, within a couple of days, you start bleeding. So that's what they want. They want... They want to tell you when to start taking it and when to stop so that they can time your menstrual cycle so that it fits in their calendar of when they're going to collect your eggs <laughs> because they know um, how long they're going to um, stimulate your eggs for with the injections or tablets or however they're doing it so they, that they can... They did say they would scan and check your yeah, follicles there, and stuff. Yeah, there's a wiggle room in there because sometimes your body might not react properly to the, the stimulation, in which case you might need to inject yourself for a bit longer with the medication or a bit less, they might need to adjust it. But you have frequent scans throughout that part. 
Um, but the reason that they take over your cycles is so that they can roughly put you in for a date for egg collection so that they can organize their calendar. So um, they explained that once that we've, uh, it was long and complicated, but once once I'd started um, the bleed from that withdrawal from the norethicerone, norethicerone? I don't know how you say it. You took um, the drugs. <laughs> yeah. You stopped the drugs. Then you have to call the clinic and say, ah, I'm on, my, I'm on day one of my cycle. And then because it's during COVID, they had to do a COVID swab on both of us on day one of our cycle. So we had to drive down to Neath quite quickly um, to get that done. Um, and then following that, they tell you when to start taking the injections or the medication. Usually it's the following day, day two of your cycle. Um, I was told to um, take Meriofert, um, which is um, arm, arm, an injection. Um, I've just done it again. Let's take a breath instead of seeing it. Yeah. When you're on camera, it's really hard. Be calm. We haven't done no, this No, it's really ages. hard to like not go blah, 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 blah. So, so you feel weird mm. taking a breath and stopping and going and you hear silence and you think, oh no, it's yeah. not meant to be silence. But so it's in a quiet You scale. take this Meriofert, which they've trained you to take and you take it from day two till about day four. Um, they introduce a sec second injection called Cetratide. Um, and then you take that for two more days along with the other ones. So then you're on two injections. And this is, and all of these drugs are to ramp up your egg yeah, release. Yeah, to increase your hormones so that you're, you have more feg, more fegs, <laughs> more eggs that are going to be mature. Because usually in your natural cycle, I guess like your ovaries are kind of brewing and gurgling away and there's maybe like one or two that might become mature and then release an egg when mm. it's ovulation time um, but they obviously want more eggs to be mature so, they, so that they can collect them and have a higher um, yeah. chance of fertilization and yeah. therefore success yeah so they want more odds basically don't they yeah so then but, they... Oh, but also an interesting note on that is that because you have uh, you used to have Graves uh, thyroid issues like mm -hmm. Graves disease and now whatever it's called, it's underactive now. Yeah. Um, they titrate the dosage with that in mind as well. Yeah. I which think was kind of annoying. They look at something called your AMH, which is your anti-malarian hormone, um, to see what your egg reserve is like. And I think mine was good to high. So they assumed that I would, we would be able to collect a lot of eggs. But I think they kind of lowered the dose or they said that it's quite often the case that they lower the dose yeah based on your thyroid issues because of uh, yeah. the other stuff. Because there's always a risk that they can overstimulate your ovaries and that can become quite serious. As we've mentioned before, because you can develop that um, syndrome called OHSS. Yeah. Over hyper, hyper Just say all this has, syndrome. It just doesn't matter. Like, yeah. But you, we, it was an interesting ethical kind of thing to think about. Like, oh, could we, because it would maybe put you at more risk. Yeah. If you had a higher slash more normal dose. Mm. And we were talking about it, I think, and you said, and I said, well, if it lowers your odds of the cycle, mm. but it ups, but if you have a higher dose, it ups your odds of a successful cycle, but it ups the risk against you. Yeah. Uh, where's the sliding scale on that? Like, where yeah. would you say, well, if I'm like 30% more likely to have a successful round yeah it's very much trial and error as well for the doctors and the consultants because they don't know wouldn't it be awful not awful but wouldn't it be annoying if 
it was like 30% more success rate uh, if it was and then only 2% more uh, 2% more risk if that was the case if it was like a huge jump mm. in success rate mm. chance mm. but you could have it was only like 1 or 2% chance of you developing problems would you opt for the maybe yeah where where does it end like it's hard to say i think they do it all the time so you just have to trust them but other people I think I've they do it conservatively it. though. I think yeah. they're going to err on the side of caution of course, with anything. Especially at the moment because they didn't want to put pressure on the NHS. If you develop OHSS then you're more likely to be an inpatient but in hospital that being and said, would need more help. Yeah, but that being said, you we only get two rounds. So if they play a super safe and it didn't work, then yeah. that would be annoying, wouldn't it? You'd think, yeah. there's like, all sorts of stuff you... So going, going back to the protocol, once you started injecting and then you get up to the two injections, on day eight they start um, to scan you, so they're scanning to check on your ovaries to see how your follicles are looking and just checking that everything's okay. They can tell how many roughly are looking like they're maturing. Sorry, Coco's, Coco's just, just brushing the carpet out making herself a little nest. Yeah, sorry we had to pause because Coco was just making too much of a racket. Um, so yeah, day eight, we had a scan and they had to have more COVID tests. Um, Fuzz had to attend all the scans and wait in the car just in case they needed him for anything, which was um, also kind of frustrating because obviously he couldn't come into the scans and had to take time out of his day just to be there in the car. But I mean, it's good that we did it together. And then they scan you again in another two days once you've continued. What was the first, what was the scan you just talked about for though? The follicle scan to yeah, check on so the they, Yeah, they scan you, they check your follicle. I have explained that. So they check how many are mature. And then at that scan, they decide whether to increase your dose or to keep, you, to keep you injecting or not for how many days more. So they decided to scan me again in another two days. So did you inject between those two days? Yeah, you have yeah. to keep on going. So they scan you again. And then um, they decide at that second scan whether you need to keep keep doing the stimulation with the medication or whether to book you in for egg collection. So yeah, it was long. And then they tell you at that second scan, if they book you in for egg collection, what time to do the final injection, which is called a trigger injection. And that kind of starts the, I guess, triggers the ovulation kind of process. And um, really encourages the eggs to mature as far as i know don't quote me on it it's kind of a bit different to the yeah. other ones and they explained that like in egg collection you're under sedation even though you're not um under a general anesthetic so you're not asleep um but you must go with someone to the egg collection because you can't drive home mm. i mean obviously you can get the bus or a taxi but um it's nice to go with someone chris was chris was wasn't allowed in um at all he just had to come up to the ward to get me at the end and carry my bag um but that was it and then following that you just have to i don't understand pessaries. as well right because in a, a week before or two weeks before they ask you to come in and i sit down and they talk they talk to becky about drugs and this and that and this the, uh, the appointment to tell you about other appointments and I had to go to that one. Yeah, so first so had to go was... in for COVID tests and he had to go in for the um, medication But when there's an actual like invasive thing where... Where you want someone was... with you. Yeah, like it's like, no, no, no. Yeah, what? so that's always a pain. Doesn't make any sense. Then they said that following egg collection then we would 
have to have pessaries and then they start to report you after a few days from egg collection. They tell you on egg collection day how many that they collected and then in the following few days you hear from the embryologist to say how many have fertilised and then how many make it to day five as a blastocyst um, and they also tell you at that day what date you should be taking a pregnancy test. Um, and they explained, yeah, that on the same day, Chris would need... Oh, why do I keep calling you Chris? Everyone on here knows you as Fuzz. Mm. Fuzz would need to um, do his sample, which is fun. Um, and you Yay. asked if you could do it there because it's such a drive for us. I mean, on other occasions, they've explained how it needs to be there within an hour. Gonna, and yeah, so imagine like... Listen to previous action. episodes where, where Fuzz has like struggled to get to the Neath. Uh, not Neath, Heath... Heath Hospital in Cardiff. It takes less than an hour to get there, but it can take over an hour. With traffic, so. So that is pretty stressful. <laughs> Danger zone. So he decided to opt to do it there. And that was that. that but was they like, didn't like it though. All of that information came to us via Zoom while you were half asleep and while I was like nodding, smiling, taking as many notes as I could. Yeah. As I could. They, they, yeah, it was weird though. They were like, they, keen to get you there and wait outside and not do anything and then yeah. when there's an important thing to do and you're like i don't want this to go wrong yeah they were like very trying to get you i think they're trying to like they was trying to make me not do that but imagine that all this egg collection and, and injections and it's, everything going again, on and then it goes out the window they explain that they don't want you to do it there just because of covid they're trying to re um, reduce footfall in the clinic but and a stuff. week before we go in and yeah. get told a bunch of stuff that could have been told to us over the yeah internet. they like, also threw in on this appointment that our screening tests for the usual things they do like hiv um uh sexually transmitted diseases um HEP, A and B, all that stuff, blood tests and those other tests you have to do. They said that they'd lapsed because it had been such a long time that we'd waited. So they were like, so you have to come in for screening tests as well before you start this. So can you come in on Thursday at 3 p.m. so we have to jiggle things around. I'm pretty sure you have to do a COVID test before you go in for yeah. the test as well. I was really lucky that work were like really good at Imagine um, if you had like saying a, yes to a not so good job, it would be terrible. Lots of people have to take annual leave for it and it's um really sad. So I'm really good that I've I work for a a school and a local authority that are um very understanding and just let you have these medical appointments. Um but I know it's not the same situation for lots of other people. So that was it in a nutshell. So obviously because egg collection has um coming up and the treatment our first IVF cycle is coming up we've continued our talk of baby names yeah and uh, like girls names just come really easy for some reason and mm. boys ones we really struggle with it's just weird yeah so yeah it's hard I don't think there's any crazy ones at the moment that you would like no and it's annoying isn't it because you like it's all based off like experience like if you like a name you would kind of think about people you know the name and yeah. then the names can be nice but then you know someone that's annoying with that name yeah. and you're Spoils like oh. a little bit for you mm. yeah so i think um what boss uh, what are the next steps for us now after our so following this um uh treatment planning appointment we had on zoom we're gonna have those screening tests and then go on to have our medication appointment where we collect the drugs from the hospital and have our injection training so that's next so it's looking like it's well it was april so it's looking like 
March, April, January, March, In April, May, maybe May will start the process of yeah. doing the injections and everything. So that's it from us this yeah. episode, I'd say. So next episode, we'll be dropping on schedule. We're back on schedule now. <laughs> kind of time traveling a little bit, doing things, but getting back to normal. But yeah, um, if yeah, it's always good to hear from everyone. There's always like a really big community in the IVF community. Um, we want to hear from you all, whether, you know, good news, bad news, you know, whatever. If you just don't sort of, some people, do it on their own and it's I would hate that which is why you know we're quite open about it luckily because we can be but some people you know choose not to be but we're here to talk you can send us um you can send a me send us a message on uh Instagram or whatever and not if you if you want to be anonymous you've you've obviously got an anonymous account or whatever so you know to those people who are going through this less vocally than us uh don't be on your own just come and hang out yeah shoot come us a message hello. Even if it's anonymous and stuff, we get it. Or any questions about what we've just talked about with the cycle. Obviously yeah, we won't be able to answer them though, but like, <laughs> We will. I'll be we'll like, yeah, that's a good point. Becky, over to you. Yeah. So that's it. We're signing off. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.